Our world has been shaken. What has been left is brokenness. In the wake of death, there are broken hearts. In the loss of dreams, there are broken hopes. Relationships have been broken. Marriages and families have been broken. Substance abuse is wrecking lives. Loneliness is at an all-time high. Anxiety and depression is haunting the minds of young people at an unprecedented level. Many people have had their faith in God shaken and their faith is broken. Our world has been shaken and brokenness remains. The writer of Hebrews tells us that when the world is shaken, only unshakable things will remain. So what is that will remain? Well, in verse 28, the writer says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. The kingdom of God is what remains. The kingdom of God is eternal. It's invincible. And the kingdom of God is unshakable. And we receive this kingdom by grace through faith. God has placed a burden in our hearts for four groups of people, for those who are experiencing brokenness or experiencing loss, for the lonely, anxious, and depressed, for those who are addicted, and for those who are looking for a reason to have faith in God or who are about to walk away from their faith in God. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome about God's kingdom. He said to them, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom is a people who have received the righteousness of Jesus and who live rightly in our world. God's kingdom is a people who have peace with God and the peace of God regardless of what they face. And they are a people who pursue peace with others. God's kingdom is a people who have the joy because they know who they are in Jesus and that joy is made complete as they honor Him in everything they think, say, and do. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul writes about something else that remains. He says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God's kingdom is a holy force of love. His unshakable kingdom is the answer to our brokenness and the world's brokenness. So we are going to unite our efforts to build an unshakable faith by receiving God's righteousness, God's peace, and God's joy so we can release God's unshakable love. As each of us commit our lives to loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus, God will work in us and He will work through us to expand His unshakable kingdom. So I want to ask you, are you ready to become unshakable? Our church family is entering a season that will transform the faith of each person who obeys and follows what God is asking of them. This is a season to become unshakable. Over the next two years, we are going to build an unshakable faith and release an unshakable love in four strategic ways. We are going to launch a care ministry center. We will hire a professional counselor to guide our church family in experiencing gospel-centered healing and create a pathway to serve the emotional needs of our city. This will enable us to prioritize the care of our church family so we can help marriages, help teens with anxiety, help those in addiction, and come alongside those who are in grief. My name is uh, Jason Hart. It's my wife, Heather. Uh, we've been coming to Westside, I guess, for about a year now. And I have a master's in counseling from the Citadel um, and intended to go be a school counselor and then married my soldier. 
But I was most excited to hear about the licensed counselor that Westside is trying to bring on board because the need is so, so great. Um, in that realm of thinking, the rules have shifted so far to the left that it, you really, really have to do your research as a Christian family before you sign yourself or your kids up um, to go see anybody because you just don't know if they're hearing biblical sound advice in those type of appointments. So for Westside to bring somebody on staff who is strong in their faith, who's teaching the word, who's making sure that any advice they give out is checked, fact checked with the Bible, um, that is huge so that these people are not led astray and aren't um, left with, you know, some some guessing that they have to do on what is right, what is wrong, what does God want me to do in these situations. So um, clinical diagnoses, especially with mental health, they're, they're real and they're huge, but it makes a huge difference in our Christian faith on how we tackle those, especially with the advice that we're given. We are also going to upgrade our facilities. We will construct a strategic space to build healthier relationships. We will upgrade our kids and student environments so we can continue to build the faith of our kids and our students so their faith stands out in a culture who is shutting God out. We will upgrade our parking lot and make our community room space more inviting. For me, the part that most excited me uh, since I work in the back is the expansion of the church because you see the congestion and the craziness that goes on as people are trying to navigate a narrow hallway multiple rooms off the side um, and people are just trying to get kids and um, it's it's chaos and like herding cats back there really just trying to get everybody in one direction and then to flow them back out the same way um, so yeah so that that's great and then truthfully finding a place where you can talk after church um, just to you know meet people and just have a conversation I think that's what excites me the most to see you know, the church growing and expanding. Next, we will mobilize Westsiders into community and mission. We want every Westsider to be connected in a loving community outside of Sundays. Westsiders will grow in their faith as they are devoted to loving Jesus by loving one another, devoted to becoming like Jesus, by navigating scripture to follow Jesus together and devoted to sharing Jesus by praying with one another and being on mission to reach the lost, care for the least, and serve the last. Well, I'm John Riggs, and I serve in the online ministry here at Westside Leavenworth. And I'm Michelle Riggs, and I serve on the worship team. So you might see me playing keys and singing. Uh, we attended Speedway for a lot of years, and through the course of that time, we really felt that God was pulling us towards um, serving in our community and reaching out to those that we're going to work with, school with, seeing at different community events. And we just had that dream of planting a church up here and we started praying for that. And we were really excited when we heard that Westside was going to move in that direction to, to plant a church in this area. I feel like we made a decision to give to Westside because that's just uh, what God has laid on us, whether that's our time or our finances, um, any commitments. Um, and John will probably tease me because I have a hard time saying no sometimes yeah, to true. things. I actually was just telling someone <laughs> that today. Uh, but this is, this is where my, my heart is for service. And 
Um, I found a community of people that I love and I love giving back and um, it's, yeah, it makes it home. <laughs> and last, we will continue to live generously by supporting church planting locally and globally. The local church is the hope of the world and the church is what remains. So we will support a local church plant and increase our giving to plant more churches in South Africa and Uganda. So what is God asking of us for the next two years? We want all of us to make a generosity commitment for the kingdom of God. We are asking every Westsider to pray, to engage, and to give in such a way that builds in them an unshakable faith so that together we can release an unshakable love. We only ask that you obey what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. We believe that as you obey, God will build in you an unshakable faith, and we will release an unshakable love in our church, our city, and the world. We have one goal, 100% engagement. If every Westsider prays and obeys, we believe God will do more than we could ever imagine. I think sometimes when we step out in faith and, and we give, and a lot of times when, through that giving, we have expectations for how we think things are going to turn out and, um, you know, and what that, what that path is. And, and there are times in our experience where we have, um, we have followed through in faith and it ended up being a harder road than, than what we realized we signed up for. But not necessarily a road that we regret going down either. At, I think we've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of heartache that has been a challenge on our marriage and on our family. Um, and at the same time, I think in some ways it's pulled us closer together too and closer to God and putting ourselves out there um, and saying, <laughs> God, this is in your hands. Let's build an unshakable faith by giving generously and let's release God's unshakable love as we are on mission together, loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus by wrapping God's family around the broken people in our church family, our cities, and beyond. Yeah. You know, as you watch that, I don't know if there's a, a part of this vision that really excites your heart like it did some of those, like the Hart family or the Riggs family. But there are things in there that I listen to and I see um, people in our church family and I see people in my community and I'm like, God, this is exciting because you're getting ready to do something big and you're going to use us. I'm so grateful. Uh, this is, we've been in a, praying together as a church family uh, for over a year. Uh, asking God to direct us. And, and, and the Holy Spirit has been preparing us as a leadership team. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, has been preparing our hearts together as a church family as we've been praying together. Um, Westside family, God is about ready to take us on a journey that is going to be monumental for us here. And in one, it's going to be so monumental in the life of our church. I think it's going to be something that we're going to look back and we're going, this was the moment when God did something more than we ever could ask or imagine. And we've been praying that God will use this season as we engage to, to do something in, in us and transform our church by transforming each and every one of us individually. 
This is really a, a, a journey that we're going on together for God to transform each and every one of our hearts. And we put together a guide. It's an unshakable guide. And our leaders are around, and I'm going to ask them to begin passing this out to everyone. And as they begin passing out this unshakable guide, I just want to uh, talk to you a little bit about it. And, uh, and as you uh, receive these, uh, these, the, this unshakable guide, it, this is a three-ring binder. It's sharp-looking, and it has in the front of it, let me tell you uh, what, what's in this. First of all, um, there is a recap and a, a summary of the vision that you just watched, and it goes into some details uh, about what's in that uh, vision that we have. Also, I, some instructions for you. The first thing I want you to do with this is I want you to bring this unshakable guide with you every Sunday. Every Sunday from this moment on uh, in this series, I want you to bring the unshakable guide and because uh, we're going to be using this every Sunday. Also, I secondly want to encourage you to bring this with you when you're in your group. So when you gather with your group or if you're not in a group, this is what I want you to do. I want you to invite someone to say, hey, let's talk about what we've been talking about in church together. Let's meet together weekly. And in your unshakable guide, if you open it up, there is a talk it over for each week already prepared. You can go there and you can turn there. Also, if you recognize your notes today were different. There's a three-hole punch in it. From this moment forward, you will receive three-hole punch because we want you to put this in your binder with that week that you have. And so you can do that right now. Go ahead and make all the noise, put them in there. And as you do this, I want you to know, this is not just something for the series. This is something that we want to provide. We wanted to provide this unshakable guide and this binder so you can put your notes in it from here on out because it's through building our faith together that and, and learning from scripture and following Jesus together that our faith is built. And so I want you to do that. Uh, you, yeah, make all the noise. You will not bother me at all. Okay. Third thing I want to let you know about is on the inside of the front pocket here and the inside of the front pocket is a commitment card. This is a tool. This is a tool that I want you to use to pray. And I want you to pray and I want you to use this and I want you to place in us in a place that will remind you to pray about what God is asking you to do to grow in your unshakable faith. We're going to be talking more about this card each and every week. And, uh, but th right now, the only thing I want you to do is I want you to use this as a tool, and I want you to place this somewhere in your house. Maybe it's your refrigerator. Maybe it's your car dashboard. Just don't cover up your speedometer. And I want you to put it in a place that will just be a tool to pray. Say, God, I want you to build in me an unshakable faith. In five weeks, uh, on November 20th, we will invite you to fill this card out then, not now. And, and all we're going to ask you to do is turn in, fill that out then and turn this in. And, and this is all we ask. This is a response of your obedience to follow whatever God's calling you to do. We're not going to manipulate you with anything. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm not going to be a motivational speaker that's going to manipulate you, and you're going to feel like you just visited the timeshare, okay? This is not that at all. We just want you to walk in a faith and obedience to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do and what God is doing in your life as you grow in your faith. That's all we want um, for you. We want you to grow in your faith, and we want you to respond 
as, as, to, to God, just as God has prompted people all throughout Scripture. I mean, even in the book of Exodus, we see God prompting the nation of Israel. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 and 2, it's in your notes if you want to turn there in your unshakable guide. Now that they're in your unshakable guide, your notes are there. The Lord said to Moses, tell them to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering from me, from everyone. And look at this. This is the important part. Whose hearts prompt them to give. Whose heart prompts them to give. See, this is what we want for you. We want you to experience the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And we want you to experience what happens when you respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. See, God works in us when we respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. And and God always does something in our hearts. And in the New, New Testament church, God would prompt people, and he would work in there. And in Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he's t- writing to the Corinth church, the, the church there in Corinth, in a follow-up letter, he celebrates a Macedonian church, and he celebrates these Macedonians who were unshakable in their fi- faith in spite of dire circumstances. And this is what he tells this church in Corinth about this Macedonian church. And then we read this in 2 Corinthians. It says, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with an abundant joy. I mean, did you, sometimes we read this, we glaze over it. We don't understand. See, we want that joy. But you know where the joy comes? Just like we've been talking about it and you heard in the video, it comes because we've received this unshakable kingdom that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's out of this abundant joy that has overflowed with, look at this, It's overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify, Paul writing, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it out of their own, and underline this, this is so important, free will. We just, he said, they gave out of their own free will. And we want you to experience that same joy. See, this is what I want for you as as your pastor. I want you to live in God's joy. And I want you to be content with all he has and all he has for you. And he's given you. And I want you to experience that joy and then let it overflow in this rich generosity that Paul writes about. And experiencing that joy and living in that moment. See, and this is not a pressure thing. This is, not an, this, is, this is what this is. This is an out of your own free will thing that we want to encourage you. And why is this so important? Because it's as you and I respond together, as together each and every one of us respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. You know what God does in your heart as you respond to his prompting? God grows your faith. This is how God grows us. He leads us to obey him. Without obedience, your faith cannot grow. Without obedience. See, knowledge alone doesn't grow your faith in God. And for too long, you might have been coming to church and thinking, I just need to know more. No, it's not about knowing more. It's about engaging in what you know and following what you know and obeying what you know. See, only obedience on what you know grows your faith. And that is why our primary goal for the next two years is this, is for 100% of us to simply obey. We want this for you. We want you to simply obey the Holy Spirit so you can build an unshakable faith. An unshakable faith. And we only ask that you do this. We trust that the Holy Spirit's guiding you and he's going to lead you in what to do. And all we ask that of, of you is that you obey. 
that you obey and knowing that God will build an unshakable faith. Now, why are we asking for 100% engagement? And why is this important? Why is it important that every Westsider that calls Westside Family Church their home church uh, is together and building an unshakable faith? And if you're new with us, we invite you to be a part of this journey with us. But this is, we want you to know this is something we're, in, we're, we're encouraging our church family. And if you're new with us, this is an invitation for you to join us today, okay? But in this, why, why is this so important for this? Well, this is the reason it's so important. Because God is on a mission, an unshakable mission. And God is on an unshakable mission to establish his unshakable kingdom. Scripture shows us that God's plan is to establish his kingdom so that his glory fills the earth. And this is a serious matter because it's about his glory that we're after in this. God wants people to trust in him as their loving heavenly father. And that he wants them to express that trust in him by obeying his perfect plan for their lives. And that's what we want for you. We want you to experience him as your loving father and live in obedience to his perfect plan for your life. And God, because God wants a world full of his kingdom people who are loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus. And right now, maybe in your life you've kind of experienced some of what the video talked about. Maybe there's people in your life that have experienced what the world has been experiencing, a shaking going on. You know, right now, it seems like God is shaking things up. And we shouldn't be surprised about the world being shaken up a little bit in what we see in the news or what we experience ourselves. See, we shouldn't be surprised because the Hebrew writer talks about this. And the Hebrew writer writes this in Hebrews chapter 12. We read that when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. He already shook the earth at one time. And it's through his voice. And, and then the writer says he makes another promise. And that's a promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. And this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that, and I want you to underline this, only unshakable things will remain. Maybe you felt your life being shaken. <laughs> Maybe it's kind of like what Michelle and John talked about. There's there's been something and you went, you're going through something maybe right now or recently have gone through something. Um, see, there are times in our lives and there's been times in my life where it feels like God took the rug underneath my life and just nudged it a little bit. Have you ever been in that moment and you just, whoa, and all of a sudden things become unstable. You know, everything just became unstable all of a sudden. It just feels like the rug under your life and under your life has just been shaken and you just feel unstable. See, God doesn't want your and my trust to be on shakable things. God wants my reliance, he wants my faith and my trust to be in him who is unshakable. You know what God often does in our lives? God uses times of shaking to anchor our faith in him. This is what God does. See, the things that he shakes in my life and often the things that he allows to be shaken in your life are the things that we're relying on in our lives. See, God wants you and I to fully rely on him. And some of you are like, mine because you never connected the dots. See, God will shake the things in your life that we rely on because he wants you and I to fully rely on him. 
And the more that your faith, which is your trust and your reliance, the more of that your faith is in Christ, the more unshakable your faith will be. And this is what we want for you. We want everyone in our church family. This is not just what we want for you. We want your kids. We want your teenagers. And we want your college students. We want everyone in your family to experience this unshakable faith that is in Christ. We want everyone in our neighborhoods. I want everyone in my neighborhood to experience that what it means to have an unshakable faith in Christ. We want everyone in our city to experience what it means to have an unshakable faith in Christ. And God's hope, his mission is that the whole world knows what it means to have their faith in Christ. And they have the opportunity to respond to this. See, the scriptures are filled with men and women who have had an unshakable faith because their faith was in Christ. Their total reliance was in God alone. Because Jesus was their firm foundation, their faith was unshakable. And this is the promise Jesus spoke about when he spoke about the church. We actually spoke of the church coming into existence. This is the promise. He said they will have an unshakable faith. He said it a little bit different, but this is how he said it. So he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? They respond, and then he directs them and says, who do you say that I am? And we talk about this often as a church because this is so important to know who we are as a church family. It's set on what Jesus stated right here in Matthew 16, 18. Simon Peter pipes up and says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, blessed are you. By the way, that also is happy are you, Simon. <laughs> blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And what is that rock? It's the revelation of who Jesus is. Not necessarily Peter. But it's a revelation that Peter had that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. On that rock, that solid foundation, I will build my church, which is the gathering. And look what Jesus says, his prophecy, his statement about the church. The gates of hell will not overcome it. For 2,000 plus years, the powers of Satan, the powers of this world, and the power of sin, which is death itself, the gates of Hades, has not stopped Jesus from building his church that is unshakable because their trust is anchored in Christ alone. Jesus is the firm foundation of the church. And when Jesus is the firm foundation of our faith, our faith is unshakable. See, Jesus started his unshakable church to accomplish his unshakable mission to establish his unshakable kingdom. When you are in Christ, you are unshakable. Luke, who is a traveling companion of the apostle Paul, he gives us a two-volume account of the life of Jesus and the start of the church. The first volume is the life of Jesus. We know it as the Gospel of Luke. The second volume is what we call the Acts of the Apostles. We simplify it and call it Acts. My mom used to say the acronym that Acts stood for Active Christians Terrorizing Satan. <laughs> That's just a bonus. So here, in this book of Acts, this is how Luke starts off. Listen to this, how it's on Christ. His kingdom. And what happens? 
as the church starts. In my former book, he writes to this man, Theophilus. He says, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them for over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Hear this. This is the gospel. This was his good news message, the kingdom of God. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the father, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around Jesus, gathered around him, and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They didn't get it. You know, they still thought that, that they were wondering, is this the time that God is going to restore the power and the authority to us as a nation? He's like, yeah, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive authority, but it's going to look so different than what you think. He says to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the ends of the earth. Next, Luke goes on to describe, I didn't put it in your notes because I just wanted to share this with you, but Luke says that Jesus is taken up into the air. He just gradually goes into the air, kind of like this um, sci-fi thing maybe that happened, but this is that miracle that happened. Jesus just ascends to the air, is caught up and hid by a cloud. And the disciples are watching this all happen. And probably like you and me, like if we were watching this, uh, where are you going? Uh, where's he going? And then all of a sudden, he's gone. And, and Luke says they're just gazing intently up into the clouds. When all of a sudden, they're just looking up, not knowing what to do because they're expecting Jesus to come back down. God, are you coming back down, Jesus? And all of a sudden, two men appear dressed in white, and, and they tell the disciples, this is my paraphrase of this, okay? So you need to read this to actually see what Luke says here. They, the, 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 the angels say to the disciples, boys, what are you doing? Stop gazing and get to work. Stop gazing and get to work. Jesus is going to come back in the same way that you saw him go. Now you go and do what Jesus said to do. You know, when I read that, Sometimes I think this is a picture of the church. Too often, we're standing, waiting on God, gazing, like we haven't received any instructions yet, like we don't know what to do, but we're waiting for him. And all he's doing is now he's waiting for us to step out in faith and obey so we can experience what it means to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, God is calling the church not to stand and gaze. Oh, I need to get another message before I go do anything. I need to do that. No, no, he's not calling us to stand and gaze. He's calling us to now go and engage. And what is God calling us to do? Not wait. He's calling each and every one of us to step out in faith and go. It's time to take the gospel and let it work here in our hearts. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take it and let it, 
work in our neighborhoods, we're going to let it work in our cities, and we're going to see God's gospel work in the world because we are going to go. Because the mission of the church is to be a witness to the power of the gospel until Christ returns. And we're not going to be caught gazing. We're not going to be caught looking because we don't know what to do. He's clearly given us what to, the instructions on what to do. We are to be a witness. We're going to start here. And we're going to take the gospel there. Jesus and his gospel are going to be the firm foundation of our life. The gospel that Jesus is God who lived the perfect life amidst all the temptations that you and I face today. Yet he did not sin and our faith is in him. Our faith and our trust is anchored in him because he did that. He also unjustly suffered on our behalf, on your behalf. This is why he suffered all of those things that he went through as he was crucified. He was then therefore crucified to death and he died. And he died to serve justice on my sin and the world's sin and all the sin of all who would ever trust in him as Savior and Lord. And the Holy Spirit raised Christ back to life. And he's alive again so you and I can have our faith in what is unshakable, Christ alone. And when your and my faith is in him, we receive his forgiveness. We receive our new place in God's family. This is the new life. This is the unshakable kingdom life that God wants for each and every one of us. And he wants us to be a witness to in our neighborhoods and the world. No corner of my neighborhood is to be left unreached by this good news and knowing about this good news of the unshakable good news of Jesus Christ. And no one in your neighborhood and no one in our cities are to be unreached with this good news of the gospel of Jesus and his unshakable kingdom in no corner of the world. On our watch... As much as it can with us, and he use us, we're going to step out in faith. We're no longer going to gaze. We're going to step out in faith because this is the mission of the church. And only the church, get this, only the church has been given this mission. And it's a privilege to be a part of this unshakable mission. And our desire is that 100% of us follow Jesus by obeying the Holy Spirit to bring glory to our God. See, I know what God did in the first century. He is still doing today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The question is for you. Will you be a part of what God is doing? Will you be a part of what God is doing? Or are we just going to stand and gaze, waiting for him to do something? waiting for him to show up in our neighborhood, waiting for him to show up in our family, waiting for him to show up in our teenager's life, waiting for him to show up in the, the, the hurting person that's in the row on the other side of the room, waiting for him to show up. Are we going to stand gazing or will we engage and go? What shall we do? Why well, encourage us to do what the first century church did? Because what the first century church did as they responded to this amazing, unshakable message of the kingdom of God, God did something amazing with them and through them. As Peter's preaching the first message right after that Pentecost experience, this is what Peter says to the people who are in Israel who had an idea of God, but they had no faith in Jesus. He said, therefore, let all Israel be, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. That's conviction. 
and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And that promise is still alive today. That promise we are claiming for our families, our church family, and our cities. And with many other words, we read that he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What an amazing, amazing response to this. So we need to respond in the same way. And there are three things that I want to encourage us to do as we start this unshakable journey together to build an unshakable faith. How do we get started on this? We need to repent, one. Secondly, we need to receive. And third, we need to obey. We need to repent, receive, and obey. Repent. Repent is turning to Jesus as our Lord. That's what repentance is. It's turning to Jesus. And as you turn to Jesus as your Lord, you are turning away from being the authority on your own life and having authority over all those areas of your life that you're not allowing Jesus to be Lord of. See, this is not, this was, this repentance is what we do when we first come to Christ. But there are many people, I want you to know this, there are many people who believe in God. And there were many people in that church, in that, not in that church, but in that Israel nation who believed God existed, but they did not believe Jesus was their Lord. They believed that God existed, but they did not believe Jesus as their Lord. And they were just, see, they weren't following him as their Lord. And maybe you're here today, like, and you're like that. You believe in God. But you haven't surrendered to Jesus as your Lord. You, you may even believe Jesus is God, but you haven't been following him as your Lord. Your first step is to repent. And repent means, Jesus, I'm going to follow you as the Lord of my life, as my authority. Or maybe you've been a part of the church. And Jesus has lordship over areas of your life, but not all of your life. Maybe he has lordship over some, but maybe there's a relationship that he doesn't have a lordship over. You need to repent. Maybe, there's an, maybe it's your calendar. Maybe there's a, cal, a calendar struggle. You want control of your calendar, but God's asking you to do something different with your calendar. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's your finances, and you've had control over it, but God's asking you to trust me with control of this. Will you surrender this to my lordship? Whatever it is, maybe your first step today is to repent of being your own authority and turn to Jesus as your authority. And we need to repent. And then secondly, we receive. See, it's only after repent that we can receive. We receive this good news by faith. We receive his forgiveness through trust and faith by grace alone that we receive the forgiveness. And we receive now Jesus as our savior in this. And we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and we receive our place in the kingdom family of God, which is the church. And some of us need to receive the church as God's kingdom family. And you need to receive that you need his kingdom family. And this church needs you and you need to receive that today. So we need to receive. And then third, we need to obey. See, when we repent, when we receive, it leads us now to have the power of the Holy Spirit to obey. 
obeying the Holy Spirit as we follow Jesus. We don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, check this out. You don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit until you step out in faith and obey. Shaking your head, yeah, because isn't that what we know? We get this, but it's hard, isn't it? So difficult. But God's power is activated in our obedience. And, and, And the first step in obedience to following Jesus, Scripture leads us. Jesus would say this is we are baptized. Jesus would model this. He made this easy for you and I to follow him. His, he was baptized, and he calls us to follow him in baptism. And maybe today you've been following Jesus, but you've never taken that step. Maybe you've tried to rationalize that step away. Maybe you say, I don't need that step in my life. And today I want to invite you to take your first step, and I say it's your first step, after you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, and your first step of obedience is water baptism. And maybe you've been putting that off. Don't put that off any longer. Today we have clothes that you can get baptized in your clothes that you came in, and I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to step out in obedience, and our deacons and Joe are going to be over here today, and they want to help you take that next step for you because you're going to step out in building an unshakable faith by Radical obedience, and you're going to be water baptized because the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do this right now. See, when we step out in faith and walk out God's kingdom life, you and I experience what it looks like to have an unshakable faith. And this is that unshakable kingdom that the writer of Hebrews would talk about. He would say this, since we are receiving a kingdom, Look at this. Since we are receiving, this isn't continual thing. This isn't, hey, you received it, and what you've received is done. And so that experience you had, you can just, I mean, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So it's not what I think it could be. No, no, no. You're receiving. This is active. This is a continuation. We are always receiving the kingdom of God. Since you are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful. And please God, by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. See, when you and I repent by turning to God as our Lord, we receive his kingdom life because he's our savior who wants to bring us into this life and live in obedience. You and I please God. Paul would write to the Roman church, he would say, I beseech you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to present your bodies, in view of God's love for you, his unshakable love for you, present your bodies unto him. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable or pleasing to the Lord. He goes, this is your true and proper worship. So what are we going to do? We're going to live obediently. And we're going to live sacrificially knowing that all we have belongs to him and we're going to use it in complete obedience to him. And when we do that, we will be unshakable because in Christ, we are unshakable. This is the series big idea and this is the big idea that we want you to experience. In Christ, you are unshakable. And in Christ, together, we are unshakable. One of our military families um, who's retired, they're in the service today. They uh, shared with me an idea 
and we implemented it at our night of vision, and I want us to do this again today. We're going to make this a part. It's a call and response that often happens in the military. Something is said, and something is said in return, and it states something. And this is what I want us to do. I want to say in Christ, and I want you to respond by saying, we are unshakable. And I want this to be something that you believe and that you understand and you know. And so um, we're going to practice this right now. In Christ. Wow, that was so good. That was so good. Now I want you to say it like we believe that Christ is our unshakable foundation. Will you say it again? In Christ. We are. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? See, we are receiving God's kingdom that gives us an unshakable faith. So in Christ, so our faith in him, we can release an unshakable love. This is what God is calling us to do. And so I want to ask you, what is your next step today? Do you need to repent? Do you need to receive? Or maybe you need to obey. Maybe you need to obey and today's your next step. Don't talk yourself out of being baptized if this is your step today. Don't talk yourself out of it. And don't talk yourself out of whatever God is prompting your heart to do in obedience to him. I want us to sing. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about how you need to respond to God. And after we sing, I'm going to come back and give you some final instructions. Father, thank you so much for your unshakable love that you've shown us. May we follow you, obeying you, and let it build an unshakable faith in us as we worship you.